All right, so welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we're actually going to, I know last week we talked about um, just refuge and restoration uh, just for one week, but the Lord just kind of led us to talk about connections. Uh, subtopic, small world, big God. Connections, small world, big God. And um, uh, I've been meditating on this for a while, but really, one of the things that really inspired the thought for what we're talking about, we were in, um, well, we visited the singles, sanctified singles service on one of the Saturdays, and uh, I believe uh, Tiana was actually teaching, but little Tia kind of responded to what was being talked about. She also did it uh, fast week, but she was sharing how... Um, how they were doing a dance. Uh, Hope, I don't know if the dance, y'all did it already or it's coming up. Y'all did it already because I've seen y'all do it. And so within the dance, they were, part of the dances, they were passing by each other. So it was different people around each other, but they was passing by each other. I think they did it fast week weekend. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, Tia said when she was doing the dance, what the dance was about is how a lot of times we're passing by, for lack of better words, connections that we don't even realize. And she said, so it, it made her think about, she was, uh, she, uh, Tia's, Tia's a freshman in college, I think, or a sophomore? Freshman? This was on, her first year? I don't know why I think she's one of the second year, but she, she looked like she's probably still in high school. But So she was sharing how, I think she was in, maybe seventh, eighth grade, it was, she was eighth grade, and she was, uh, she ran into a, a, a gentleman, uh, Mr. Lomax, and he really inspired her. I think she had, she had to spend some time in some class, I don't know if it was for trouble, extra homework or whatever, and she had a choice around there, and she could, she could follow the, the cool or the kids that always got in trouble, or she could stay locked into what she needed to do. And so she was sharing that when she went into class, Mr. Lomax really talked to her and showed her the value of just being who she was and she didn't have to be a follower. And so she said that inspired her and anytime she would talk to him, he would say things to keep her encouraged. And so when she graduated that year, she's going into high school, she was like, well, probably never gonna see Mr. Lomax again. And so she, she, she's in service one day and Mr. Lomax walks through the door, and we was at the other location. It's, it's Ray is who I'm talking about, Ray that goes to the church. So she was like, that can't be Mr. Lomax. There's no way he's here at my church. And so she ended up talking to him, and, um, and she was so encouraged how, wow, here, I thought I would never see this person again, and they walked right into my church. But she saw that as a, as a special connection that really inspired the momentum she has in her life. And she shared during Fast Week so many other different people that's, that's, that's uh, been catalysts for her connection. Well, when she told the story with singles, well, I chimed in. So I said, so that's interesting. Ray Lomax that you met in the eighth grade in, inspired your life and he ends up going to your church. I said, but the interesting thing is I met Ray Lomax in high school you know, in, in Columbus, Ohio. I, I used to do, uh, well, I did college campus ministry, but also did high school Bible studies early in the morning, like 
in the morning before they started school. So I met Ray, uh, and he, uh, I met Ray, and of course, we have a great relationship. That was the reason why he moved to Charlotte three years after we came down here, because we were already here. So I called Ray up after singles, and I said, uh, you were talked about today. I said, Tia talked about your impact in her life. I said, isn't that amazing? You impacted Tia's life, and, and the Lord's used me to have an impact on your life. He said, yeah, but I never told you this. He says, when I met you in high school, you had an impact. But when I left high school, I went on to play uh, to a junior college to play basketball. He said, I didn't think I would never see you again. Somebody invited me to the uh, Columbus Christian Center Church where we went to church. And he said, here, and I walk in, and you're at the church. And so, so I, I, I'm sharing that to open up because you can't take for granted the people that you run into and the connections and the people that, that, that have an a impact uh, because you never know how it's going to play out. Tell you another story. Eventually, uh, this guy may come out for fast week, one of the fast weeks to teach. But I worked, uh, I worked for a program, a high youth advocate, advocate program. Uh, it was a, a group home. So, you know, I, I was working in maximum security. I got the job. And I was a behavior management specialist. But, you know, when they were short-staffed, they would ask us to be youth leaders for that day. Like, you know, just because they were short-staffed. So, so this particular day, they're short-staffed, so I wouldn't normally be working with these kids. And so when I worked and, I, and the kids had to go to bed at 9, I would sit. You had, you had three rooms up on the top of the stairs. I would sit in a place where I could supervise all the rooms. And I would just read my Bible. And so the kids, you know, you know, you can't force teenagers to go to sleep at 9 o'clock. So they would ask me questions. So I would just share with them what I was reading or what I was studying. So I talked to this one gentleman, and I was amazed. He had never heard about God. He was probably 18 at the time. Never, nobody ever talked to him about God. So I ended up talking to him. Had, we had a good conversation. He was only in that unit temporarily. He went somewhere else. Eventually got out. I don't know what happened to him. So one day I'm sitting in service, and they do an altar call. When they go to the altar call, this, this same gentleman turns around and go, oh, my God, it's you. You know, like, so he's fired up that he actually ran into me. So I talked to him later, and he said, well, I've been talking about you for a while. And he said, like, what happened last night is my girlfriend, we were talking, she was inviting me to church, and I was like, well, I don't know. He's the only time I've ever heard about God. This one guy talked to me when I was locked up. That's the first time I ever heard about God. You know, this was a while ago. And so he says, okay, I'll go to church with you. So there in the overflow, our church was, had grown. We had an overflow downstairs where people used to watch the screen. So he's downstairs. He looks on the screen. He says, oh, my God, that's the guy I was telling you about last night. It's him right there. And so when he comes up, we connect. So this guy right now, he's, you know, he was locked up for drugs. He ended up being one of the top pharmaceutical reps uh, probably in the country, you know. Uh, and now uh, he works for, um, I believe he works for, a, a, he has a major position in a major hospital, and he actually, um, he speaks. He, you know, he does motivational speaking. And <laughs> his number one story when he's going around motivational speaking is how he actually was introduced to God by Keith Bradley. That's his number one story. Connections. Like you, 
uh, the young man, the young lady that spoke, Valida, her husband, Cliff, uh, when he came, he's going to speak here in, de- in December. So I, I went to speak to him. He's sitting over there. So I knew of Cliff. I spoke to Cliff before, but we haven't really, 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 really sat down to talk. Just stay with me here. I'm, uh, all the stories is going to connect here. And so, so Cliff is talking, but Cliff is talking like we hung out every day. And so as we kept talking, I'm like, Cliff is talking to me. I said, now nah, I must have... So I must have been around him and just don't remember being around him as much. I knew I had uh, uh, ran into him. He says, well, he says, you probably don't realize you ministered to Tracy. That's the guy we're talking about. He said, the reason how I came to that church is because Tracy said, oh, no, you need to come to the church. There's a guy there that, that could relate to us. He said, so you ministered to Tracy. Tracy ministered to me. Connections. And so you, so you can't just blow off chance encounters, you know. Subtop is small worlds. A small world is a big God. Um, Pastor Mel and I. So backdrop is this. I'm in New Jersey. I'm pursuing professional basketball. Made some mistakes in college. I'm finally in a certain position where I get an agent. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable playing because... Wherever I went, people wanted me to play, you know, New York, New Jersey, small league, big league, pro league, little league, whatever. They just wanted me to play. So, so I'm feeling good, and, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to hear God, you know, and I, so I started to live for God. And the way it worked out, I was being, I was getting tired of Newark, New Jersey, not Newark as the city, but the interactions I was having was weighing me down because I'm new to caring because I didn't care before. So now when you're new to caring, it, it could be weight because you don't know how to process all this care. You know, you think you, you know, junior Jesus to the rescue and it's just, it's, you're carrying the weight. Now, I suppose the cast cares, but I was carrying them. So everybody's burden was mine. And so I, just, I was getting frustrated and so my sister says, well, you should move to Ohio. The first time she asked me, I wasn't living for God at all. So I was like, well, you're bored and you go to church. So I'm not going out there. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to church, but, I'm, but I, don't, I didn't think they play basketball in Ohio at the rate that I was trying to move into it. Now, the interesting thing about Ohio is my sister worked for National Institute of Health in Washington, D.C. when she got out of college. Her husband graduated, took him a while to get his degree in engineering. He could get no jobs. He Only one place he can get a job, Columbus, Ohio. That's the only place he can get a job. So she leaves her job to go with him to Columbus, Ohio. If they didn't go to Columbus, Ohio, I wouldn't have went to Columbus, Ohio. If I didn't go to Columbus, Ohio, I wouldn't have met that, met that woman right there. And the interesting thing is, when I first went there, the first church I ever joined was Shiloh Baptist Church. Uh, I had never joined a church in New Jersey. And me and Pastor Mel was going to the church at the same time. Never met each other. Never talked. Never said hi. Almost like, you know, there's a picture of Pastor Mel behind me. And when I turn around, she goes this way. You know, then I turn this way, she goes that way. Then I turn this way, she's going that way. But y'all watching this. And y'all watching the movie, you know, like you watch the movie Serendipity and all that. You're like, are they, oh, man, oh, man, I can't believe that. Why'd he leave? 
you know, as soon as he walked in, she walked out. Like, that's how it was playing out the whole time. And so then the church split. So if you're watching the movie, the church splits. She goes with all the young people to the new church. I stay with my sister at the old church. Because the old people was trying to save the church. I, I don't know what they was doing. But I'm young, so I'm like, I just roll with y'all, you know. You know, but then all the young people went with the, to, the, to the new. So she go, now she's at another church. You're watching the movie, you're like, oh, man, now she's going to lead the church. Man, they're supposed to meet. Right? So then I connect with a guy. I'm dropping off a car. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, I was already at service. I said, well, let me go drop the car off. I'm out in the parking lot, and I get this pull. I said, man, you know what? I can get, I'm going to get two sermons today. So I go in, and I, they were at a school. I'm in a hallway. And, you know, he's preaching. He does an altar call. I said, well, you know, I'm in here. Let me just go pray with everybody, too. So I go up to pray. And so, you know, he, he, he does that. Then he gives an altar call for, you know, like we do. People want prayer. So it was set up where it's an auditorium. And they, you know how the auditorium with them old school chairs. Remember them old school hard chairs that never break? You know, that you fold down. You remember those kind of wooden with the metal things? Y'all remember those, right? Yeah, so it was set up like that, right? So when they do an altar call, you know, in the school, there's really not, like, we have a space here. Ain't that much space. So we're in the aisle, you know, and the aisles, you you remember, the aisles are small. Like, it ain't, like, wide like this. So, So basically, everybody's run down the aisle. So I go up, I'm standing pretty much like this. And I just, I'm just grabbing hands, right? Prayer starts. I feel a shot go through my arm. I looked up, and the, the young lady's here, but she's facing this way. I'm facing this way. I see the back of her head, right? So the guy's still praying. I'm like, man, I hope you hurry up with this prayer so I can see who that is. You know, because something went through my arm. Then she turned around. I said, oh, man, she looked good, too. And so, but, but I had never talked to nobody in church. So I was like, will you... You know, I'm from Newark, so, you know, you, you got you to gotta have a line. I was like, so, okay, so what do I say? Yo, you know John 3.16? Like, like, what do you, what's your line? You know, like, you know, like, I was like, I don't know what to do. So, I go sit down. Let's say I go sit down here, and she goes here. Now, it was further back. And so, when I, so when I sit, when I'm in, I'm here, I say, I say, Lord, okay, like, where did she come from? Like, would you just drop out of the ceiling? I, I visited the church because all my young friends went there. I've never seen this person in my life. And I said, so, so what's going on? And then I would look, and then if I saw her looking, I'd look away, you know, like, you know, like, I didn't want to see me looking, you know what I'm saying? You know, but I was like, Lord, what, what, like, who is that? He said, that's your wife. I said, okay, just one problem now. What do I do now? So how, you, how do you, what do you say, like? Like, what's, what's, what's your angle here? Because I lived in angles, you know. And I couldn't think of nothing, so I just, I did what I call corny. Hello, my name is Keith. <laughs> I just, you know. And so, make a long story short, you see, we're together, right? And we, you've heard the story where a shock went through her arm. Um, but, 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 but look at this. If you're watching the movie, remember we did the finish the movie a couple weeks ago. If you're watching it all play out, I was supposed to, let's say, you, you, you know how the movies start out, they tell the story of the characters, right? So you see the story of Melanie growing up, uh, making dumb decisions. Um, you see Keith on one side making dumb decisions, right? So you're seeing it play out, right? You're like, you're just going, oh, man, why'd she get with him? 
because you you know you you just know that the person ain't good for her, right? And then you then then she you know you like don't marry him. You know how y'all be doing? Y'all watch TV? Don't no don't don't marry him. And then she get married, right? So you mad? Y'all did, you know you know how y'all talk? You you call each other. Mally know when married that fool. Sorry about that for calling you a fool. I'm just just playing out a role. You you all right? Right? Well, she don't she not marry that fool. Yeah, you ain't gonna believe what Keith did. This idiot almost OD'd in the club. This, this, this boy's a fool, right? And so you're you watching it all play out, right? And so, but you're watching it with me in New Jersey and her in Ohio. Then you watch me, I'm lining up all my schools. My top school is OU in Ohio. That's the number one school I want to go to. Then you see in a movie where the uh, foster parent uh, says, uh, well, the state won't be paying for you to stay, any, stay here anymore, see if you go live with your dad. For whatever reason, maybe however they was processed, but it hurt me. So I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to get into school. First school accept me, that's where I'm going to go. You watching the movie going, no, man, go to Ohio. Right? But I panic and just accept the, fr- I could have went to any school. My grades were phenomenal. But I take the first school, now I'm stuck in, in New Jersey for another 11 years. I end up coming to Ohio 11 years later. And then you watching the movie, you're like, you see her go through all that stuff in 11 years, and you know, when y'all talking, you know how the soap operas go on forever, and you come back and stuff. So for, for 11 years, y'all, y'all dogging me out. That fool, if he was in Ohio, she wouldn't have been going through this stuff, right? That's what y'all saying, I know. Probably saying it now, right? And so what I'm trying to tell you is, is uh, the scripture says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose in harmony with his purpose. Once both of us start moving towards God and trying to line ourselves up with God and his purpose, now things start to move and galvanize themselves and draw us back on the plan, Right? Uh, there's a movie called uh, The Adjustment Bureau. And so in the movie, when people got off track, they was like, okay, so we got to do something to get them back on track. So they would open their book up, and they could see the person was supposed to be following a path, but they got off path. So the bureau, the agents was designed to get people back in line with their path. You know, that's what our angels are designed to do. Hopefully, I'll get to the angels today, right? And so what happens is when we started connecting with God, now we start moving and, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added. We start now moving back in position and place of what God purposes us to do. We start connecting with our connections, right? And so, so as much as we make the common small world, it's, it's not really a small world. It's just a big God. And, and God is so big, uh, he knows how to reroute and, and orchestrate so we can get in position. Uh, Tia told this other story. She says, she, uh, I, I don't have it exactly right, but she says there's a, a young lady who ended up married. She married this person. And later on, they was looking at some old pictures. And in the old pictures, some other pictures, she, the, the ex-husband was in the background of the picture. The person that she eventually ended up marrying was in the picture when she was with somebody else. Right? So, so, like, you can't make this stuff up. 
Like, it's, it's, it's all connections, right? And, and, and so I remember even when, when, because a major part of my growth was going to Columbus Christian Center Church. Now, I went through some, some pain and heartache uh, towards the end, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I am who I am because of that 18 years of growing in that environment. But the interesting thing about being in that environment, when I first moved to Ohio, remember I told you I joined my first church. I moved with my sister. Now I'm going to Ohio. I moved with my sister. She's staying in a particular apartment. She could have stayed anywhere. So in an apartment downstairs, there was a young lady down there. And so one day I go to get in the car and the, and the car, uh, you know, the lock froze. So the young lady goes and gets me something to melt the ice off the lock that froze. While she's talking to me, and you know, I said, thank you, she invited me to her church, Columbus Christian Center. I just blew off. I had never heard of a church named that. So I just, I, I almost didn't even listen. Time goes by, I get a job working with corrections. I go through training. I carried my Bible everywhere I went. Now, I know we carry around phones now, but I carry my Bible because all I did was read. I just read all the time. And so, even at work, while the kids were watching movies, I would be reading and studying. So, so I come into the training with my Bible in my hand, that open Bible that, that I got, that my little scrolls. And so, the, the trainer says, oh, you're a believer. Well, I didn't know. It sounded like some type of click, you know. I was like, huh? She said, you're a believer. I, I, well, I, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, but it sounded like, you know, you know, then she had another uh, friend. I don't know if you remember Zelda the social worker. She was like, oh, and they was like, oh, he's a believer too, you know, but I haven't been going to church, so I don't know the lingo, and, and I, it just seemed too much. It was like seeing it was over the top. And so she's, uh, she's, she's giving me the training videos. No, not in person, Debbie, you didn't really train me. You just sat me with videos. But anyway, she gave me the training videos, but she kept saying, hey, you should come visit my church. Well, her churches was Columbus Christian Center. Never connected to the other girl. As soon as I heard Columbus Christian Center, this is what I said to myself. That's probably some type of cult or something. You know, like, that don't even sound like a name of a church. You know, so I just blew her off too. So, <clears throat> so then, uh, going to the church, I connected to a friend. I connected to the friend and we, we work out together. We ball together. And the church was splitting. So he said, hey. Uh, we're going to go check this church out in the morning. It's this guy we heard on the radio. So we listened to the guy, and I said, oh, he sounds pretty cool. We can go check him out. So we go to the church, and we walk in. The first two people I saw was the young lady that lived downstairs and the young lady that took me through training. So I was like, oh, so this is the church he was talking about? So God was trying to get me there the whole time, and he was sending me connections. But I was too busy to pay attention I was blowing off the connections, right? I would have I got what I needed sooner. You understand what I'm saying? Stay with me here, right? Um, uh, I have another friend. He's, uh, he's a pastor in Richmond. He's been here. He's taught uh, our second anniversary, uh, Pastor Calvin Duncan. So the interesting thing is how I met Calvin Duncan is... My former pastor used to go to Richmond, and every time they came back, they said, there's somebody in Richmond that reminds us exactly of you. Every time we see him, every time he talks, it's, it's like we're talking to you. And I was hearing this for the longest. So finally, I go out to Richmond. We meet each other. He's retiring from 
What's happening? Oh. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> All right, appreciate y'all looking out. <laughs> Won't even pay any attention. All right, so, so he's, uh, so we meet, we talk. He, he's retiring from a coaching professional. He played professional and he coached professional. He's retiring, getting into youth ministry, and I'm in youth ministry. So we hit it off. I brought him out to teach and stuff like that. Uh, to this day, we're, we're, we're close. He came to our first service, donated to the service. You know, we, we talk all the time. But the interesting thing is, I was supposed to meet him before then. He was coaching in uh, the Continental Basketball Association, and the pastor said, well, you know, you play ball and you're, you're going to be professional. You need to meet my friend Calvin Duncan. So I called him up. He says, hey, if you can get down here, I'll give you a shot. But I was so tired of, of the games. I was like, man, I ain't going. And come to find out, like, we, we play alike, think alike, act alike. It would have been a perfect fit. So God was sending me a connection way back then. But I blew it off because I was too busy to pay attention. Or I was too weighed down with cares to care, to move in that direction. All right? Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep looking at you because you're, you look at just a little bit older than my older sister. She's, she's, she's no longer here, but when, at the end of the service, she looked like Michelle, don't she? Uh, so, so every time I look, I see my sister. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not just like, you know, you know, connections. It's just connections, right? It's just connections. All right, so let's look here at Hebrews uh, 13. I just set the stage for connections. Let's look at Hebrews 13. Okay. Small world, but big guy, right? So Hebrews 13, and we'll, I gave you the wrong scripture. Hold on a second. Oh, no, it's right. So Hebrews 13, and we're going to focus on verse 2. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares, right? Entertain angels unawares, right? The Amplified says this, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers. Look, the key here says, in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For though it, for through it, some have entertained angels without knowing. All right, so, so again, when we talk about connections, and I said, you know, sometimes you're blowing off connections. Sometimes you don't realize God is sending you connections. He's sending you angels. And this is the interesting thing is we are, we've learned this, and we'll get into it in a second, but we've learned this through uh, Survival Kid, Master Life. We are one body in Christ, right? We're members, in, we're members of the body, right? Right, so, so if we're members of the body, are angels mem- members of the body? Thank you. Good job. Right? All right, so now for an angel to interact with you in the earth realm, they have to what? Connect is good. But how do they connect? Through a what? Through a what? Through a body. 
So you could see somebody that looks like a human, but is an angel. So you could be blowing off connections that, that's God sent to orchestrate and assist you into getting where you need to go, right? All because you, sometimes we could be uh, too busy to pay attention. Let's look here at Genesis 18. I don't like to just, just uh, throw stuff out there like, you know, like I just came up with it. I said, Genesis 18, I'm going to read this, these scriptures just a little fast so we can keep going because I spent a lot of time on the story. So Genesis 18, 1 through 18. It says, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mari, and he sat in a tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Uh, Let a little... uh, let a little water, I pray you, be fest and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will, fest a, uh, I will fest, fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched the calf, tender and good, and gave it to the young man. And he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk uh, and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under a tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent, and she was, uh, when she was behind him. Now, now, Abraham and Sarah were old and stricken of age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman, meaning she couldn't bear a child. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? my Lord being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? And Sarah shall, I shall surely, shall I of a surety bear a child, um, which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Right? Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid and he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. So this is in th- them having an encounter with these three men that are angels or representing little G's or, or gods. Uh, the scripture says in, in uh, Psalm 8, 5, it says, what is man that thou art mindful of him, that you've made him little lower than the angels or a little lower than little G gods, right? And so, so angels, uh, godly or... or um, or spiritual uh, deity uh, can operate in the earth realm through a, a natural man's bodies. Let's go over here to Genesis 19, 1 through 3. Again, we're still we're talking about connections, small world, big God. But we're talking about how, how it says in Hebrews 13 that you can be entertaining angels unaware, right? So 
Genesis 19, 1 through 3. It says, And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, arose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into, this, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. I know y'all tripping, like, why they keep washing everybody's feet? But, you know, they were traveling through sand with sandals. Like, they didn't have closed shoes and stuff like we do, right? So it was normal to, to deal with a foot washing. All right, verse 3. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and, and they did bake eleven bread, and they did eat. And just for the sake of time, I'll give you some of the rest of the story. So the story is the people in the town saw the men coming into the town. And the people in the town in Sodom was participating in homosexuality. So they ran up to the house and was like, we saw some new blood come in here. We saw them men come in, bring them out so we can have our way with them. And so, you know, Lot was like, well, take one of my daughters, but I'm not, I'm not giving you the angels. Well, but they didn't see angels. They saw men. They saw men just like me and you. But see, they were so caught up in their lust, they were blind that they were dealing with angels. They were blind that they wanted to actually do something to an angel. Remember, these are the same angels that when they left out of the town, the same angels destroyed the whole Sodom and Gomorrah and told Lot's wife not to look back. And then she turned into a pillow of salt. And so wouldn't you think it's dangerous to be trying to... Um, abuse or exploit an angel. But see, sometimes we're unaware of who we're dealing with and who we're interacting with, right? Remember, God breathed in the man the breath of life and he became a living soul, a speaking spirit, like a little lower than a God, uh, uh, similar to an angel, but in the earth realm, right? And so we're blowing off people um, not knowing that that, that you're running across God's representatives, right? The scripture says this in second, well, I'm sorry. What we're going to focus on now is, is, is trying to reset our attention span. Now, we've been spending time talking about believers on Sunday. Uh, we've navigated through so many different teachers where we, where we say, where we try to challenge everyone to fight to see. And because God is moving and he's about to do some things in, in, in these next uh, months and these next uh, um, years coming, and people have done this for years. They're like, uh, man, I can't believe uh, God is not coming through. Uh, uh, my wife was talking to somebody recently, and they was like, well, you know, I just, you know, I'm just believing God. You know, uh, this is what I desire to do. I, want, I don't want to sp say specific what they said, but there was actually being given an opportunity from one of God's angels. And they blew it off because they they, they looking for God. Remember the story where a person was drowning and somebody came with a boat and they was like, no, nah, I'm waiting on God. Then somebody else came with a helicopter. Like, come on, come on, come on, you're about to drown. No, nah, no, nah, I'm waiting on God. Somebody came with a plane, you know, threw down a little 
the, the little ladder. No, nah, no, nah, man, I'm waiting on God. Then the person drowned and went to heaven and went to heaven complaining. Well, God, you know, I was believing for you. Why didn't you show up? He says, well, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter and I sent you a plane. So God is sending us things, but, but, but we're, as my wife would say, we're so stiff-necked, we don't see. See, we're looking forward to look a certain way. And a lot of times we're looking forward where we don't have to rely on people. That's why some of y'all don't really honor your source. You know, God uses people to impact your life, the angels, and you'll, you'll, all of a sudden you get amnesia. You don't forgot that God used that vessel. You know, you say something like, well, I was just believing God the whole time. But the vessel knows you weren't believing God the whole time. They know when you were in fear, but you just blow it off, right? Well, you're despising God's angels, right? And so when God used you, you want people to blow you off like that? Take you for granted, right? So you just, see, you notice how they was treating the angels. Hey, 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 yo, come, come, come out, hang with me. What you need? right? They had appreciation and a value for God's, the people that God wanted to use. Even when men of God came by, they would set up their whole house knowing that, huh, listen, I just, hey, I want to set it up so when he come by here, he's going to stop, stop in our house, right? Like, I, I, why? Because people understand that if somebody yields themselves to be obedient to God, I have to appreciate them. I have to appreciate any person that's willing to set themselves apart to hear from God and be obedient to what God tells them to do. I can't just blow them off and take them for granted. I was telling my nephew, who's been spending some time around us, and he was talking about <clears throat> how we don't listen to certain music and stuff in our house. And I said, listen, I said, you know, I don't know if you ever stayed with a, a pastor and stuff like that. Well, he had been around a pastor before. I'm talking about... I'm being nice, I said, a real pastor. I said, I said, we have to have a certain atmosphere. And we have to have that atmosphere because we have to hear from God, because we're serving God's people. You can't blow that off. You can't blow that off that somebody is actually making sure they, they, they sacrifice themselves so you get what you need. You get the healing you need. And then you blow off when you get it, how, the, the, the angel or the vessel God used. Or when the revelation comes to pass, all of a sudden you forgot what happened. Or when you have an opportunity to show appreciation, you just like take it for granted. All of a sudden you're not diligent and di disciplined no more because you got what you wanted. Oh, that's, that's a dangerous game you're playing. So, 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 so this is the thing. Sometimes people aren't doing this intentional. Sometimes they're too busy to pay attention. You know, that's why I remember we did the message when we talked about healing, heal, being healed and whole. We said we have to get out of our heads because sometimes we're so busy dealing with infirmities in our heads. Like when God delivers us from something, we're looking for something else wrong, right? We're always looking for the worst case scenario. You know, we're looking for the conspiracy as opposed to looking for God's covenant opportunities, right? All right, so we can't be too busy to pay attention. We got to clear out all that noise because God wants us to recognize and appreciate some things going forward. We can't, the scripture says, don't be entangled in the affairs of this life. So I know, I know, I know uh, some of y'all uh, out there in TV land, Pastor Mel's people out there, uh, I know some of y'all are, are, are critical, uh, but th that's another thing about uh, a man or woman of God or someone that's setting themselves apart to be used by God. You, we got to deal with the heat. 
Obedience, everybody's not always in agreement with obedience. It doesn't make sense to everybody. The Bible says, uh, uh, it says, the natural man doesn't understand the things of God for their foolishness to him because they're spiritually discerned. So if somebody's thinking something's foolish and I'm doing something that God says, why am I mad at them? They're, they're operating in the natural. Of course it's foolishness to them. They can't see it. But that doesn't mean I'm supposed to change it, right? Do you know how you have to weather storms to be obedient with God when people are in unbelief, disbelief, and show me, prove it to me? But you got you to gotta toe that line. And so one of the ways you do that is cut out all the noise, sanctify yourself, set yourself apart. Mr. Spiritual, too much. Oh, you don't do this. You don't like that. Uh, we're going to, uh, the next course that we're going to go through in the, in the Bible school after we finish interpreting the scriptures is spiritual authority. And one of the things you'll realize is they can, I can't. And, and, and you'll see how even in the, when the, the Levites were set apart in the tabernacle, many people was outside the tabernacle, they was fine. Priest walk outside the tabernacle when he was on his watch, he could die. There's plenty of people that was out there that ain't die. But they, they, didn't, they, didn't have the, 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 they didn't commit to set themselves apart to atone, to intercede, and to go in the holies of holies for the people. So that's what, that's what me and Pastor Mal have decided to do, to give our lives so people can get their lives. You understand? Like, so, so sometimes you can be so familiar, what's wrong with that? For you, maybe nothing. But there's a whole lot wrong for me. I can't do it. And I'm, I'm not going to do it. You can laugh at me, talk about hey, Mr. Spiritual over there. Okay, holy. Cool. No problem. I've seen the results. Right? It don't take all that. Okay. So I, so I get, hey, drop your rocks. Then, then, then this is the thing. The Bible says don't be entangled in the affairs of this life. I'm not, we're not entangled in the affairs of this life. So I don't be talking about all that stuff at church. But, you know, people come to church and go, let me see if he's going to talk about what's going on out here. Why? We, didn't come, we come to church to hear from God. If you want to hear what's going on out there, turn on the news. It's, it's running all the time. So you don't need church to repeat what you're already hearing over and over and over in the news. And you'll have plenty of opinions on it. That's called a diversion. I can't hear God if I get caught up in all that because there's always somebody for and against. Whether you believe it or not, in this church, there's somebody for something and against something. Politics, there's, all, there's somebody right and left. You think everybody right? No, they're not. Think everybody left? No, they're not. Think everybody in between? No, they're not. So, so, many, so we'll, we'll be distracted. That's a di- diversion. Because as soon as you hit that angle, oh, man, you tripping, man, I think this. And then the other person goes, well, you tripping, I think that. No, we don't roll like that. We're doing what God says. Don't entangle. We can't um, entangle ourselves in affairs of this life because we'll miss our connections. While we're so caught up, we're missing connections. So now we're working harder for something when there was a connection to make it easier. And we just running around thinking we cool because we got more success than the people around us, missing out on fulfillment the whole time. Connection 
lead you to fulfillment. All right, so, so 2 Timothy 2.4, I just want to give you the scripture. I'm not making that up either. It says, no man that, 2 Timothy 2.4, I know I'm going kind of fast, I apologize, but it's all on video, which we probably should go back and listen to the video anyway to make sure we get our connections, right? Right? All right, so, so 2 Timothy 2.4 says this, no man that warth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. In our particular case, that would be God, right? Okay, I, I want to read this out of the Berean literal Bible because I like the way they said it. Same scripture, 2 Timothy 2.4, the Berean, B-R-E-A-N, literal Bible. It says, a soldier refrains from entangling himself in civilian affairs in order to please the one who enlisted him. So, soldier out there with a war going on, they ain't got time with everyday stuff. Somebody going to die. If, if I'm Overwatch, I'm watching all y'all. I, I, I got my scope taking out folks so you can advance. But I get a text. Man, you, got, you can't believe. You know what Jimmy did this week, man? Jimmy tripping. What? Jimmy tripping? Man, see, no, I told Jimmy. Folk losing their lives because I'm, in, I'm supposed to be in position. I don't got time to entangle myself with everyday stuff going on. Such and such voted against such and such. What? Man, see, you know what? I don't know why they voted for him. Why am I even bothered? I'm locked in, right? That's what the goal is, right? That makes sense? See, so when we're, t- when we're caught up, we're dulling our ears and we're, and, we're, and we're blurring our eyes. But this is the thing. When your ears are dull and your eyes are blurred, you don't know what you're not hearing and you don't know what you're not seeing. So as far as you're concerned, you can see and hear. Yes, you can, but you can't see and hear clearly. You can't see and hear the whole picture. You got blind spots. There's stuff missing. And then because we live in denial a lot of times when we have these interruptions, I don't know why that happened. It happened because you've dulled your hearing and you've dulled your seeing, so you can't see it coming. And you missed all the connections that were supposed to let you know, hey, don't go that way. Hey, don't do that. Uh, there's a movie called The Gift. It's probably a lot of them called The Gift. This is an older movie. I love the movie because, not you know, obviously they put a play on characters. Little girl was supposed to be like Jesus. Uh, but the young lady was like uh, a, uh, you know, almost like preparing a way for it. So she was like her protector. So the young lady, before she even got to take care of the, the girl, she could see what the Bible talks about, 1 Corinthians 12, discerning of spirits. You know, some people, some people run from church because they can see in the spirit realm. It scares them. And they go, every time I come to church, I see I, see, I have nightmares and stuff like that. But no, you're not having nightmares. You have discerning of spirits. You got to come in the house, get around the right connection so they can hone that gift. You ain't tripping. You got to learn how to process it and how to handle it, how to operate. Remember in the Superman movie? He was hearing everything. Ran in the closet. He heard all the class, everybody in the classroom voices. His dad had to teach him how to hone that gift, right? He couldn't use all of his strength. He would throw the baseball through somebody's hand. So his dad had to teach him how to control it and use it when it was needed. We got gifts. We using them the wrong way because we're running from connections, right? So, in this movie, 
young lady was, so she starts seeing demons. She was seeing like a lady looked like she was a nice person, she was a demon, because demons have to occupy a physical body to operate in this earth realm too, right? And so, so, so she would be running, because they was after the girl, right? She would be running, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the, the uh, subway's about to close, right? And somebody put an umbrella in. It was an angel. She gets in right before the lady could get in with the demon in her. Then she's on a, a bridge, and the car's about to go over the bridge. She's about to fall in, I don't know, Brooklyn water, whatever. And then out of nowhere, just came out of nowhere, God grabs her right before she's supposed to fall. It's an angel. Right? These things just happen in our life, but we blow them off. No, 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 no. No, it was an angel. God's helping you out. It was, I was in a situation in Harlem in my B.C. days. B.C. days, I said B.C. So I was, I'm not going to get all the specifics, but I was in a place I shouldn't have been in. And you know, I had a setup where they would say, Popo uh, uh, po or 5-0. And then, you know, you run out because you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. And they was like, go to the roof, go to the roof. So you're running because you, you don't want to get locked up. And this guy comes out the door. I see it like it was yesterday and goes, don't go upstairs. There's somebody waiting up on the roof with a shotgun. It was just, it was weird. It was just like he came out of nowhere. Right? It was just, it was like smooth, like in and out. And so, so, so we just went up to the next level and then we got out of there. And when I start living for God, God shows me stuff in hindsight. You know, I taught on, a, on, on a hindsight of the, the, the great, I think, uh, uh, about five years ago. And God showed me that picture. He said, that was an angel. Saving your life when you were stupid. Right? And so, so, so these, we got to clear our vision. The scripture says we have they have ears, but they can't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. Right? And, and so, well, let's go here to Jeremiah 5. Let's go to Jeremiah 5. Again, we're talking about connections, small world, but big God, and how uh, a lot of times we're entertaining angels unaware, but a lot of times we're unaware of the angels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're, we're just, uh, we're so caught up in this world culture, it's clouding us. You know what? Hey, so, so I'm going to ask you, just show of hands, how many people have done some things that were stupid and embarrassing? Because I have both hands up. And um, how many times have you done something stupid and embarrassing and you, out of desperation you tried to fix it and just made it worse? Right? And so, 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 the other part of that stupid and embarrassing flow is it creates a void. And it makes you, remember we were talking about getting thirsty. You get thirsty and then that's the whole job. Just like you go to a bar and they have uh, pretzels and, and peanuts there. It's salty for a reason. So you'd be thirsty. But they're giving you something that doesn't quench your thirst. It dehydrates you. It, it makes you what? More thirsty. That's how they make money. Keep you thirsty and they make money. Well, the adversary works the same way. He gives you stuff to create thirst, but you think it's going to give you pleasure. It gives you a temporary pleasure, but it, the thirst is greater than the pleasure. And then now you keep grabbing and you lose control because now it's not a, it's not a natural quenching thirst. It's a thirst 
It's a lust. And lust means insatiable. It's un, unsatisfiable. You can't satisfy it. It just, it just keeps you. Lust creates lust, which creates more lust, which creates more lust, which creates more lust. I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying that because I was a victim. <laughs> right? Some of y'all was victims too, but y'all don't have a mic and maybe I don't want to tell nobody, but I was a victim. Okay? No longer a victim. Thank God for deliverance. All right, so, because I'm filled with the fullness of God, I don't thirst after stuff that don't quench my thirst no more. Does that make sense? All right, so Jeremiah 521. All right, we've we've heard this through various versions, Matthews and stuff like that, but I want to read this version. It says, uh, Jeremiah 521. It says, hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding. So he says, foolish people that don't have understanding. It says, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Matthew says they have, they have ears, but they don't understand. They have eyes, but they don't perceive. So they're looking with their natural eye, but they can't see with their spiritual eye. And so they argue all the time because they think they see. But they have eyes, but they see not. They argue all the time because they think they understand. But they're just looking through natural understanding and natural eyes. They're not looking through spiritual eyes because if they did, they wouldn't argue. They would actually see the angels trying to help you to get out the quicksand. You see that? Well, because the adversary got, got you, you're clouded and you can't see it. Let's go here to 1 Corinthians 2. You following me here? All right, so, so again, we're talking about connections. And God doesn't want us to miss any more connections. See, God brought us to this refuge, as we talked about last week, because he wanted to establish connections. Right? And, but some, some people have, have uh, unintentionally have taken it for granted. They should, be, they, they should be chomping at the bit to spend as much time around the connections because it's going to empower you to, to your purpose and greatness. But again, we're operating off of our default of our pain or our mishaps, and we're trying to hide uh, our undevelopment. So this is what I mean by that. So, so you know, you, you're out in life, and you're, you're developing. You know, your parents are developing. They're raising you. They're bringing you up. And it could be parents tripping, people tripping or whatever, or somebody at school could do something crazy. And so, or, or you can actually be taken advantage of. Like, remember, uh, Joseph was taken advantage of. Joseph was taken advantage of. He was put in a pit. Then he was taken advantage of. He was put in, uh, he was made a slave. Then he got, he, he, he rose above that, and then he was put in prison. He didn't do nothing. But the thing about Joseph, he never lost his connection with God regardless of the circumstance. And he ended up rising above it because he took advantage of every connection along the way. Regardless of what the situation is, there's always a connection. I'll give you this story. Uh, Me and my wife, we came out here to scout Charlotte. The Lord was leading us that maybe Charlotte was a place you're supposed to go, never been here in our life. And so I said, baby, let's just go out there. We're going to get lost and just see what happens, you know. And so we we go out and uh, we come out. We're hanging out the first time. Let me see. Did we drive? We flew the first time. This is the second time, right? Oh, this is when you was, uh, we came for the interview and went back the same day. So we came out for an interview. We go back the same day. And so we're driving. Uh, we got around Greensboro, right? It was Greensboro. And so we decided to go to the gas station. The gas station was uh, Mount Hope Church Road, 
right? Mount Hope Church World. So we pull into the gas station, and, and, and I'm a get-where-I'm-going guy. But remember, you can be too busy to pay attention. So, so I'm a get-where-I'm-going guy. So we're out, we're, out in a, um, we're out in a gas station, and we're hearing, like, Christian music, but not regular Christian music, like Christian music we listen to. And I was like, baby, you hear that? Like, am I tripping? Like, are we hearing this? It's the weirdest thing. Like, it's like, and so, so I went into the store. And when I went into the store, it's a young lady in the store, and she has all these books spread out, all the books that we read. You know, all of the, you know, different men of God, whether it's Kenneth Hagin, all these, but it's not normal books. It's not the average Christian books. So I was like, what? So I go back out to finish the gas. I said, babe, you got to go in there. She said, for what? I said, babe, I, I don't know. Well, I just think you, 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 you need to go in there. <laughs> so she goes in there, and you know how Pastor Mel is. You send her in, you know, something's about to happen. You know, like you don't need. So I'm outside, and I'm like, okay, what's she doing in there? So I come in. She's like, baby, we need to pray, right? And so what happened is the young lady had, uh, her husband was missing. She owned the gas. They owned it together. She said he had went home. And they kidnapped him or something, right? They had kidnapped him. You know, they were, you know, he was from a foreign country. It could have been Mexico or something like that. But they must have been hating that he was doing well in this. So, so they just kidnapped him. Huh? Oh, yeah, he became a Christian. Yeah, so they was hating because he became a Christian. So, so, uh, so we prayed. So my wife tells, oh, God is good. So my wife tells, starts telling stories. She was like, well, I don't know why, but God uses me. Sometimes I'll be talking to people, and it'd be somebody they haven't talked to in a long time. So she tells one story. We was in Louisiana. She's talking to this lady. She hadn't talked to her. It was her ex-husband. 25 years. The ex-husband's family. She gets a call why my wife is in the house. Then it was another person hadn't talked to the person in, was it 15 years or something? And then they get a call. So she's telling these stories to this, this young lady. She says, I don't know. I know it's God. But see, she's a connection, right? She's a catalyst. God needs her in certain atmospheres because he wants to do things and he knows he can use her that's been yielding to him, right? Just like he uses angels. So she's telling this young lady's story and we pray. We pray for her that she would uh, see her husband again. We get home. It was a week later. We get a call. The young lady says, she got a call. She got a call, and the the, the person said, "Uh, I'm calling for a baby, a baby, you know, somebody named Baby. And she said, huh? She says, well, the guy says, well, we helped this guy, um, and uh, when we we got him out, he asked, he says, well, I left my cross. They said, well, we can't go back. We go back to get your cross, you know, they could capture you again. He says, I, I need that cross, whatever, I need the cross. So he goes to get the cross. So an angel helped him out. Goes back to get the cross. Soon as he grabbed that cross, he just, all he could remember, because, you know, they had brainwashed him, maybe drugged him up. He couldn't remember nothing. He says, all I know is I know somebody named Baby. And I, somehow, he couldn't remember nothing. He remembered the phone number, right? Is that correct? So they called, they said, somebody named Baby, and it turned out to be his wife. She was reunited with him. 
connections. See, see, so, but, but we could have just, I could have just did what I normally do, get the gas and keep on rolling. I could have went in and said, well, glory to God, you're a Christian too, and keep on rolling, right? Well, see, we can't be too busy to pay attention. That situation got her back her husband that was kidnapped for years and had access to nobody, and they had brainwashed him where he had lost his memory. See, God's trying to do stuff, but we're missing connections. So we're so caught up. I can't believe they did that to me. When is this going to happen to me? Why don't we get off of us, connect to him, and let him use you? Right? You want to remove the stress? Let God use you. You won't have time to think about it. Right? If you think, I can't believe I'm going, I'm going through so much right now. I'm going. Yeah, because you think about you. But you're supposed to be like a tree planted with the rivers of water bringing forth fruit in your season. Apple trees don't eat their own apples. That, if you see an apple tree eating its own apple, we in the Wizard of Oz or something. Like, it ain't nothing real. We done, we done left reality. So you're not supposed to be eating your own fruit. You're supposed to be dispersing your fruit for other people to partake of. Get off yourself and get into helping somebody else. All right, so first... first uh, did I say that harshly? All right, cool. Just making sure. All right, so 1 first, first Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. We've read this a thousand times here at the church, but let's look at it. It says, but as it is written, the eye has not seen or ear have heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them, look, that love him. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. But now if you spend your whole time in the flesh, you're not hearing the Spirit. He's revealing to you the deep things of God. He's revealing you things that your natural eye can't, can't see and your natural ear can't hear. It can't even enter into your heart because your heart has been barricaded with all the things of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But it's, if it's barricaded, you're, you're going to not pick up connections. You're, not, you're going to miss something. So I told you this. Uh, I was carrying around my Bible everywhere I went. Because I decided, hey, uh, uh, I told you the story. I was in a, in a situation that wasn't, wasn't really conducive. I shouldn't have been in this situation, right? And this, the situation was I'm in a, in a relationship uh, living in sin, okay? So uh, by the grace of God, I broke out. Okay, so, so I'm not trying to put nobody down. I shouldn't have been in a relationship, okay? So, so uh, the right relationship brings out the treasure in you. The wrong relationship brings out the trash, okay? So it doesn't mean the person is trash. Is if you're in a wrong relationship, trash going to come out, okay? Right? So it doesn't mean the person is trash. Trash going to come out. I saw, so I leave the relationship, and now I'm, I, I don't know what to do, you know, but God has angels. Somebody sees me not uh, at the job, not getting sleep, so they offered me a room. So I, I get this room, and I'm walking down the street. Told the story before, but I, uh, I just start praying to God. And, and when, I, when I opened my heart to pray to God, it was like warm honey poured all over my body. Never experienced that before. I was like, but I knew it was God. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I will never let nothing 
cut off our connection ever again. Hear me too. I recognized I had taken for granted and abandoned a valuable connection with God. And once I recognized when I got it back, I said, I will let nothing come between you. I didn't know the Bible, but I knew right from wrong. I said, I'm not having sex till I get married. I, I shut down having sex. Then I took all of my albums. If you went in my apartment, I had crates of albums around the entire apartment. I spent $400 a week on music. Yeah, y'all be talking about, uh, uh, Pastor don't like this kind of music. It's not about like. I can't. You see the difference? It's going to affect my connection. It has nothing to do with if I like it or not. I, 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 I love music. I can tell you, I told you I can tell you the songs, the artists, when they switch to another group, I, I, music, I lived for music. I traveled states to find albums. That's $400 a week, and I wasn't making no money. I took all those crates, put them in my car, drove to my brother's house and said, here. If he still has them, he got a lot of money. <laughs> but I don't care about that. I moved past that because... I knew there's two things. The number one thing, it wasn't sex. Number one thing between my connection with God was my music. The number two thing was sex. I, those are the things I knew of. So I, so I offered the things I knew of to, to, to establish a connection with God. So now I'm starting to hear from God. I'm picking up signals. I'm picking up connections. I would have never picked up that signal for Pastor Mel if I didn't shut out some things. I started carrying, listen, I had my Bible everywhere I went. When I say everywhere, everywhere. If I had to wait on something, I was going to wait in the Word. I, I had an interview where the job said, we're thinking about promoting you for a management position. We interviewed all the managers. They only had one bad thing to say. They said, you read your Bible too much. I said, oh, phew. man, I thought you was going to say I didn't do my job. My, my kids was wild having riots. The place was filthy. Oh, yeah, I, they read the sports section, I read the Bible. I didn't even deny it. That, this guy right here started picking up things. Who moves to Charlotte? And you've never been here before. With just me and her, $1,625. Who does that? We're at a church. I'm working for the church. Some of y'all are waiting to work for the church. I'm working full time. I've been working full time for 12 years. We have went to the church for 18 years. I, I had a reputation. I was at Ohio State University football team. I had a reputation with the university for 12 years. Capital University where I met Isaac. I did Bible study there for 12 years. I'm, I told you I was in the high schools doing Bible study. I'm known in the basketball community. We had basketball programs. Everybody knew it was a Christian program where we played in summer pro-am leagues and all types of stuff. I'm developing uh, uh, the discipleship curriculum at the church. At any time I can come in, if I was, if I was scheduled to minister, there's thousands of people there. I didn't have to worry about the sound. I had to worry about no video. I had to worry about praise and worship. I had to worry about who was in place. All I had to do was come in, preach, and leave. 
So for ministry, I was in a position would will be considered a comfort zone. She worked for the church. She had a reputation. Whether it's small groups, whether it's uh, uh, choir singing, all the different people she ministered to. She's on boards all over the city, uh, housing boards and all types of stuff. She'd been in Columbus her entire life. Her family, everybody was there. Our, my, my son and our grandchildren was there. And we leave this comfort, comfort, comfort zone to come to a place you've never been, to live in an apartment. We had to stay in an apartment for 17 years. How do you do that? You're picking up something from God. How do you pick up something from God? You're shutting out everything so you can recognize connections. So you can pick up connections. You can pick up what God's doing. We would have, and I hope they come out because we, we're going to honor some people during the, the, the anniversary that's been a part of the church from the beginning, but connections. One of the people I met 15 years ago, I'm walking in the apartment. I can't do it because I probably hurt myself. I don't know how they hurt myself that day, but I'm on the phone talking to the person. Uh, they find out we're out here, and they says, well, as long as I'm at the job that I have, I'm going to start tithing to your church. Now, I don't know what that meant. You know, because people were telling us, what you say? If you had a, a dollar for everybody who told you they was going to give something to the church, you'd be a millionaire? Right. I didn't know what that meant, but in the position this person was in, tell you what, when I was, I was walking, I was, I was walking, we was in an apartment. I was walking to the back, back room, my study was. He said, yeah, so as long as you're in this position, I'm going to tithe to the church. Walking, and I dropped to my knees. Like, almost like I lost all my strength. And he was like, hello, hello. I was like, I, I said, I'm still here. But I was numb. I was like, what? We had just started. I, I, no, I don't even think we had started yet. <laughs> right? What I'm saying, connections. One person was in Florida and said, this is before we even started the church. He's in Florida. He said, listen, if I was in Charlotte, I'd be going to your church. All right, I'm just going to call the bank and tell them I've been sending my tithe He's a business guy. He said, I've been sending my ties to another state. I just called the bank and told him to send it to y'all. I mean, it was, it was uh, 600 a month. But we had nothing. We, could, we didn't even have money to eat. Connections. So, so this is a person I knew for years. So, again, we're, we're striving and hustling. When God has much people in this city, as doesn't as, as, say that in Acts, he says, Paul, hey, I got much people in this city. Remember, he was in a situation, they was about to, they was about to stone him, right? And th- those guys gathered him up, put him in a basket, and let him down. He wasn't going down that wall by himself. They had no ladders. <laughs> not like we have. You know, this is not Mission Impossible. You know, like, dude, shoot a little hook and he slide down. No, he needed the connections to get escaped. You see what I'm saying? It's God is trying to set us up. We're working too hard. If, we, if, if, if all the things you've been learning is to shut out the noise so you can see the connections. They're all around you. Favor is all around you. God's people is all around you. They're all around you looking for you, not a compromised version of you. All right, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end there. I, I, I got so much stuff. So we'll just, we'll just end there and just 
have some thoughts about what we heard. How about, give me some thoughts. Uh, what, what you hear, what it made you think about, how are you challenged, what are you going to do different? 